Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Invest Talk. It is Thursday, April 14th, 2022. Justin Klein is on vacation, so I'm covering his desk today. I'm Steve Pizza, and I look forward to doing this podcast every time I get a chance to do it. I love hearing the questions and answering the questions and having discussions about the thing I like the most, and that's the stock market and economics. So, when you want to talk about it, I'm here. I have no hidden agendas to share. Uh, I mean, there's nothing secret about anything I do. I'm not trying to push anything on you. And in fact, you get to direct the show wherever you want to go, as you do every day. But it is my goal to help you understand what's going on in the current environment. What's going on with the economics? What's going on with the stock market? Why does it react this way or that? And to help you uh, help you with your investments any way I can. That's what I'm here for. So, and of course, today's investing situation is way different than it had been in decades past. I mean, I mean, decades past is everybody was focusing on growth, 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 growth of uh, tech stocks, growth of growth of companies, and of course, that's important. I'm not trying to diminish the importance of that, but that was the focus. It seems to me that the focus these days might be turning to more value. I don't want to overpay for things because you can see it as the, you know, the tumbling of some of the big names that are way overpriced based on the fundamentals. It's, you know, it always comes back to fundamentals at some point, always does. So that's the way it is. So what do you want to talk about? What's on your mind? Are we going to, should we talk about the, the inflation that is super high? And I think I told you yesterday that, uh, that uh, was it Goldman Sachs that think that it's peaked? I think it has to. I really do. I think we've seen the top for this time being. That could change overnight with, you know, some something happened in Russia and Ukraine. For instance, what if someone decided to drop a nuclear bomb? Yeah, that's possible. Got crazy people out there. So, you know, things can change. And what if we get another COVID uh, variant that's worse than the very first one? That would be highly unlikely because as these things go, the various variants are usually weaker and weaker and weaker in their virulence. So I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, these things could happen. But, you know, it's all up to you. you got to grow your own retirement funds. you got to protect yourself. you got to make your own investment choices Unless you hire somebody like me, which, of course, you can. 
But you can do it. You can achieve a good, solid performance portfolio by yourself. It is possible and worthwhile. Now, the volatility market is always going to be there. Not going to disappear. Not for a long time, anyways. Well, it's never going to disappear, but the excess volatility we're dealing with is going to be with us a while. So on this podcast, we will operate with our same mission statement. We always do independent thinking and share success, meaning I will give you a fair and honest reporting on the market, uh, our, our processes, how we do it, uh, educational segment, everything we talk about. Be fair, honest, and without bias. So I encourage you to give me a call. Lines are open right now. You can call and ask anything financial. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, so that means we're live right now. If you can't call us during this live hour, you can always call us anytime using the same number and leave your question, and we will get to it. Either way, the number never changes. 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to our first listener question. Okay, well, I guess we're going to go to first live question. Let's go to Richard in the Bay Area. Hi, Richard. Uh, hi, Steve. Thanks for taking the call. Um, mm-hmm. I am worried that the recession is is coming soon because um, there, there's a lot of signs of it. I think like the yield curve inversion, the uh, the utilities going up, although the interest rates are going up as well, mm-hmm. uh, and then transportation stocks coming down. Um, and the the growth names also coming down. Uh, so in regards to that, I'm wondering if, like, how much cash should I raise? And then I'm also worried about the commodities position. I know they're doing well now, mm-hmm. uh, but I, my 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 impression is that they also get really hard if get hit really hard if there is a recession. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I don't think we're going to have a recession this year. And I base that on the strength of the jobs market at this point. Even though inflation is high and the Fed worries me with their strident, I'm going to raise rates six, seven more times, you know, we're going to raise a, a half a percent. Remember, these are the last, the minutes of the last meeting said they're going to, they're going to consider raising half a percent the next meeting, which is first part of May. And I think they will. And I, I think they'll push us into recession. I think that could happen. But I don't think it's going to be immediate. I noticed that the yield curve inversion corrected itself and it's actually uh, stabilized in a, it's into a better position. But that is the first red flag. We've never had a yield curve inversion and not have a following recession. But that following recession could be one, two, and up to two and a half years down the road, depending on the strength of the economy. So I think you're right. And we we are producing cash slowly. We are, um, and we have cash. Now, how much is how much should you have? Man, that depends on how much risk you're taking. I know that we have between ten and fifteen percent or so in some of our managed accounts right now. But we are taking some profits. You know, we might we might consider cutting your commodities, not necessarily getting out of them. You know, that will produce some cash. Richard, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Matthew in Kansas. Hi, Matthew. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Thank you. I was calling. I'm looking to add to more of my dividend portfolio, and I was looking at IBM and trying to pick it up around 122, and I wanted to see if you thought that was a good area to pick it up. Okay. 
I think everybody knows who IBM is. Yeah, I mean, it's no surprise. They had a big up day, but then then settled right at the end of the, the, the trading day at the bottom. So that's kind of a negative indicator, even though they were up a little bit today. Uh, 122 is where you're at. Well, if I, if you were going to push, I can see where you get 122. I really can. And I think between 118 and 122 is where there's a really good buy point. Somewhere in that range. Now, will it come down? I think it might come down there or even a little further sometime this summer. I think that could happen. So that would be, I can see. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Matthew. Do you see it as a stable long-term play in the tech sector still, or do you see it a little more fragile now? I don't think it's I don't think it's fragile, but it's not a growth company anymore. You're not, you pay, you buy for the dividend, as you pointed out. I think it's a good, solid IT consulting services computer company, and it's huge, and it will probably stay that way. I see it pretty being pretty stable, pretty stable company. Matthew, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. We have good news for Invest Talk listeners that enjoy hearing unbiased answers to caller questions at a faster pace. We have just posted an all-new April Rapid Fire Hour with 30 caller questions answered. It's available now as a free podcast download. So please tell your friends and family members and anybody along the street about it. And make sure you take a listen as well. It's called the Rapid Fire Podcast on Invest Talk. And now the best off phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. My focus point today is based on the story, calculating your personalized inflation rate could be beneficial. So how your family spends money is almost certainly different from any other, other typical household. You know, everybody's different. So finding your real inflation number maybe could help you budget your money better. So that's what we're going to talk about. I also want to talk about the Elon Musk. Elon Musk, of course, he's, did you see that he has a plan B now of this purchase offer that he made this morning for for um, Twitter? Doesn't make it. He has a plan B, but he didn't tell us what plan B was. Um, has inflation peaked? Now, we have a bunch of people speculating that. And I, think we, I think it has, but I think we should explore that a little bit more. Did you see that mortgages are now over 5%, 30-year fixed mortgage? Remember, we talked about yesterday the ARM, adjustable rate mortgage. So how's that going to impact housing? And jobless claims and some of the economic numbers that came out today. I want to discuss that. Um, we've, we're in the midst of earnings season now. Well, not the midst, but at the beginning of of flood of numbers going to be coming out. And uh, especially next week. But we had some uh, banking numbers come out, and there was a mixed batch, kind of, uh, of those banking numbers. And the focus is really going to be on everybody's, everybody's going to be how, uh, focus is going to be on how companies are dealing with inflation. Are they able to pass along the costs that they're absorbing? You know, 
We know that the input cost to them is increasing. Are they able to pass on? We also know they're raising their prices, but are they raising their prices high enough? And I'll say this, generally speaking, in the past, they always have been able to do that and make more money, not less, more money. So that's what we're going to talk about. The market was down today, the Dow down 113 points, and NASDAQ down 293. I mean, yesterday, NASDAQ was much up, much bigger than the Dow, but it's also down much bigger than the Dow when it's down. So not getting that, not getting anywhere, not getting anywhere. And the S&P was down 54 points. So earnings are going to, they're going to have to come in very well to help boost the market. If they come in weak, markets is going to continue wandering down, meandering downward, spiraling downward. If we get a good earnings season, good earnings report, then we'll have this back and forth, back and forth, and it will hold up much better. I think the market has priced in next month's federal funds rate and may have priced in the half a percent that they've talked about, I think. We won't know that until that happens. Let's grab another caller question from 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is James from Washington State. Had a quick question for you. I have a small position in uh, United States Steel Corp. Ticker symbol X is in xylophone. Um, just wondering, you know, since I purchased that position, it's up 55%. Uh, wondering what you would see as an exit uh, spot there. You know, if there's a certain dollar value or a certain percentage where you'd say, okay, I'm out. Appreciate the, the information. Appreciate you guys' show. Thanks very much. Bye. I'm tempted to take some profits now, right here. I'm, I think you might want to take some profits. Uh, it's at 39, 37.04 right now. Uh, I think it, this is the point where you say, because it got up to about 39.25 a couple, three weeks ago. Now it's the high, and it meandered down to end the high 35.36. Now it's at 37. Uh, I think this is where you take your profits. Now, do you get out completely? Well, it's a very cyclical stock, and the Fed's raising rates. It makes me nervous to hold on to them. It does, even though it's a commodity play. I think uh, you know the valuation is kind of on the rich side at this point for a steel company. So, kind of remember, you got to evaluate the company you're looking at based on the industry that it's in and its historical value of that industry. You know, right now you look at it and say, oh, it's a 3 PE. How low can it get? Get get to one. That's 3 PE based on last year's $13.48 a share, this year's $10.64 a share estimate, okay, earnings. Next year it's going to make $3.60. Probably peaked. Tomorrow, April 15th, is a market holiday. So we have put together a fresh companion show, compilation show, I'm sorry. A best of caller questions podcast, so please listen in. It's all free. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and helping you achieve your financial freedom is the primary objective. Steve Peasley is here now, taking your finance and investing questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. 
Okay, 888-992-4278 is our number. Appreciate it if you give me a call. We'll talk about anything financial. And right now we're going to talk to Gene in North Carolina. Hi, Gene. Hey, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, my question is about umbrella insurance. Uh-huh. And I heard two things about this. I wonder if you can tell me if these two um, rules are true or not. Okay. First rule is that you should try and choose the amount of coverage based on covering all your net assets in terms of all your investment um, assets and the, the equity in your home and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. But you can exclude a portion of that. The uh, second thing it would be you, you can exclude from that the amount in your retirement account that's covered by ERISA mm-hmm. because that part is not uh, reachable by lawsuits. Right. Correct. That's true. Okay. That's, do you, mm-hmm. do you want me to answer that, or you want yes, to give yes, me that? Yes, yes, please. No, no, okay. no that's, that's two questions. Yes, thank you. That makes, that makes perfect sense, by the way, uh, if you think about it for a while, because you're trying to protect the, the exposure you have of your wealth. Now, um, I don't do it that way, but it ter- certainly makes sense for people to do it that way. Uh, my method is, what is my odds of being sued based on my activities. In other words, what activities are dangerous that I might get sued? And my activity, the worst danger I have probably is an automobile accident. Okay, my my coverage at the office would take care of anything exposed there. So since... You know, I, I I carry a lesser amount than than the formula would suggest I do. I think I have three million excess my primary as an umbrella coverage, uh, primary insurance. But there's nothing wrong with that methodology. That is a sound methodology. I just think you might get more insurance that you need than you need. Because I like to look at the probability. I never, but see, at the same time, just to let you know, I'm, I'm a, kind of a little bit of a risk taker. I've never cover, never carried collision and comp coverage on my cars because I never financed them. And yes, you don't have to worry about any money in the IRA or your 401k, 453, whatever it is you have, because they cannot, no one suing you can get to that retirement money. Okay, they can't. Thanks a lot. Okay, thanks for the call. Gene, thank you. My focus point today is based on sorry, calculating your personalized inflation rate. Uh, you know, what is yours? It's kind of a difficult question uh, uh, because <laughs> we can tackle it. Let's put it that way. We can tackle that question, but everybody is a little bit different. I mean, for instance, you know, if you have to drive for a living and that's part of your job and you have to pay for gasoline, that's what that inflation is really it got out of hand, right? We know that's where a ton of it is coming. We know the CPI number is 7.9%. Increase from, you know, that's a near 40-year high, right? We know that. But calculating your own, you know, various CPI Points, in other words, how much groceries do you have, how much clothes you buy, uh, um, what kind of cars and what's your lifestyle and driving. All that is a lot of work, to be honest. You kind of had to put it on a spreadsheet, okay? And, and, And then on each of the major categories, you can use the CPI weightings, their categories if you want. 
and determine how much you are exposed in each category. For instance, if you work from home and you don't have to drive anywhere, that's a huge benefit, right? Huge benefit. And if you if you have to drive constantly, it's a huge expense, and therefore your personal inflation rate will be much, much higher. So it's just uh, it, it, it's going to be difficult to do. It's a good experiment just to know, but it is going to be difficult, okay? Just so you know. Um, iTunes question, everybody. As you know, we like to get to them as fast as possible. Uh, anybody who does have, who rates us on iTunes has the ability to ask a question and we'll get to it quickly. And here's one from Gene. I'd like to get your take on ticker tech, T-E-C-K. I own a small position, but I'm looking to add to it. What would you consider a good price target? Please give your long-term outlook on the company. I plan to hold it for at least five years. Okay, so let's pull let's tech, let's, let's pull up information on tech, T-E-C-K. Get that up. Move this over here. Uh, it's a Canadian miner, coal, copper, zinc, molybdenum, gold, and lead, mainly in Canada, the U.S., Chile, and Peru. $23 billion company. Uh, long-term prospects are pretty good. It's a $43.16 stock. They're going to make $7.44 this year, and that's going to fall off to $5.06 next year. So $5, based on $5, you're looking at an 8 PE, and the range is 3 to 18. So it's still a pretty decent value. So I kind of like the comp- company. I, I, I kind of do. Um, is there a buy point? That's a difficult question. Probably $37 or so. Okay, in the United States, tax day is the day on which individual income tax returns are due to be submitted to the federal government. The tax day typically lands on or just after April 15th. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Tax day has been set at April 15th since which year? And in which year was federal income tax first introduced in the United States? Be careful, the second part of the question is a bit tricky. After the break, I'll supply the answer, but for now, lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members? or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so... Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now 
to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So. Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced, or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question I thought was quite interesting, actually. And the question was, um, before uh, the tax day, they're talking about income tax, Tax day has been set on April 15th since the which year, and which year was federal income tax first introduced here in the United States? 
So here's a bit of a little bit of history. It's a little complicated, but follow along. Um, Congress had often imposed, okay, prior to the early 20th century, most federal revenue, money coming into the federal government, came from tariffs, not taxes. Additionally, Congress had often imposed excise taxes on various goods. The Revenue Act of 1861 introduced the first federal income tax. It was allegedly to help fund the Civil War. Early taxes were based on assessments, not voluntary tax returns that we have now. Kind of not voluntary, but you know what I mean. Starting in 1872, the income tax was repealed, then readopted, then held unconstitutional. Okay, for example, in 1894, Wilson-Gordon Tariff Act contained an income tax provision, but the tax was soon struck down by the Supreme Court in the case of Pollock versus Farmers Loan and Trust. It gets better. In 1909, remember that happened in 1894. In 1909, Congress had passed a proposed constitutional amendment. The object was to allow a federal income tax. Support for the income tax was strongest in the western and southern states, with opposition strongest in the northeastern states. I wish the northeastern states would have won. The 16th Amendment was finally ratified by state legislatures in 1913. So the federal government has continued to levy an income tax since 1913. And that means the first modern era tax day was in 1913, 109 years ago. Do you suppose the legislatures way back then had any idea how complicated this tax code was going to get? No one can understand it. No one. Did you know that every, if you call up the IRS, uh, 25% of the time they'll give you, with a question, 25% of the time they'll give you a wrong answer? You call them up and ask a question? 25% of the time you'll get a wrong answer and you're responsible for it. It's still your tax return. It's your fault. If they give you a wrong answer, great. Let's go to David in San Jose. Hi, David. Hi, Steve. Uh, it's calling regarding INMD. I've been watching it for a little while, and uh, it looks like it's making money, but it looks like it's uh, on a downfall. I'm just wondering, is, is this a good time to buy or something I should be aware of? Okay, I think you should be patient here. Let's, it's called Inmo Limited, Israel seller of radio frequency devices used in minimally and non-invasive cosmetic procedures, women's health. Okay? They make money. They've yeah. made money for years. Okay? They make, uh, they're going to make $2.09 this year. They made $2.05 last year. They're going to make $2.39 next year. And it's a $30 stock, $30.40. Sales growth is pretty darn high. So it's a growth company, 47% growth in the most recent quarter, and that was December. Before that quarter, the, there was 58%, then 184, then 62, then 60. I mean, this is growing very fast. So because of that growth, the stock ran up, got to almost, uh, what, just about $100 a share, and now it's fallen off sharply down to $30. Okay, so where's a good buy point? I think... I think this is a good buy point, but it's still moving downward. I think I'd wait to wait for it to trade sideways and then start up again, wherever that point comes. Very strong. I think it should come in right around $26.
That's where it should come in if I'm looking at a long-term chart. should come in there. But I'd be patient. I'd be patient at this point. If it keeps growing like it's growing, it's worth more than what it's trading at. Dave, thanks for the call. Okay, so Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter. And did you look at the action today on Twitter? It was, I thought it was pretty interesting. Because remember, he ordered, he he offered $54 a share. Twitter went down today to $4,508. Down. Not up. It went down. So what does that tell us? I kind of think that's telling us that investors don't believe the offer. Okay, not that the offer is not real. They just don't believe it's going to go through. That's what I think they're trying to tell us. And after hours, um, Elon Musk said he had a plan B if his if his $54 offer wasn't accepted. He didn't say what plan B was. Uh, but do we think it's going to take place? And do, do how much do, do we care about that as investors? Well, if it takes place and you bought it today at forty five, and it and he buys it and it goes through at fifty four, you make nine dollars a share. That's like twenty percent, right? And you're telling me investors are walking away with a possibility of twenty cent. Okay, just so you know, when somebody offers to buy the company, now he he's going to take it from public company to a private company. But if a company A offers to buy a company B, the company B stock usually goes up to about 90% of the offering price. That's the norm. This one went down. Very unusual. David, Santos, oh, we already talked to David. Okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, mortgage rates are at 5%, moving above 5% for a 30-year fixed. Remember we talked about adjustable rate mortgages yesterday. One thing we did not bring up, that I did not bring up, that I think we should bring up, if you buy an adjustable rate mortgage, you are buying, you know, the the rate is lower than mar- the market rate. The current market rate is is A, and you're paying a percentage below that. For instance, we gave an example. If the mortgage rate is 5%, 30-year fixed, and you are going to get adjustable 1.5, you are, for five years, the rate will be stationary, and let's say it was stationary at 3%. So you really should be paying 5%, but you're only paying 3 okay? That 2% difference, you realize that that gets added to the mortgage? Your underpayment is added to the mortgage. You could end up after five years owing more than the original loan that you took out. You got to read the five fine print, everybody. Got to read it. Let's go to Brian and San Mateo. Hi, Brian. Hello, Steve. How are you today? Uh, I'm good, and I appreciate the call. Yeah, I was wondering if you could uh, give me some insight into uh, Masonite, ticker symbol D-O-O-R. It looks attractive to me right here, but I'd like your take on it, please. Okay. A Canadian manufacturer of interior and exterior doors for residential and non-residential building markets. And the only negative that I can say on a broadly based is that I think housing has probably peaked and the economy is preparing, everybody's mentally preparing for a possible recession down the road. And this company would be very cyclical and would be affected dramatically. So 
it's making a ton of money. It's going to make $9.80 this year. It made eight sixteen per share last year. And the estimate for next year is $11.20, up another 14% on a stock that's $75. Pretty low price. At its low end, the P.E. range is 8 to 25. So, you know, at or below the 8. So, it should be worth more. Okay? So, uh, the return equity is very high, 29%. Uh, management owns 1%. Mutual funds... Actually, mutual funds have been slowly selling it off. So you're going to have to be careful. Mutual funds are the ones that push stocks up. I wouldn't do it because it's because of the cycle, where we are in the cycle. Uh, but it is an awful, inexpensive stock. It is. It's really cheap. Thanks for the call, Brian. If you do buy it, good luck. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278, everybody. So... Give us a call. Uh, I like to always take a minute or two out of the day, out of the hour, talk about KPB Financial. I'll make it quick. Justin Klein and I are the owners of KPB Financial. We produce the show Invest Talk. Invest Talk is um, our our advertising arm, as you probably realize. We do this um, um, because we like doing it, but we also do it for advertising. And Invest Talk and KPP, we have a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And we implement that philosophy mainly by giving unbiased guidance for anybody who asks. We do we participate in what we call parallel investing, where we buy and sell the same things for ourselves as we do for our clients at the same price, same time. And we always buy exactly the same because we want to be on the same side of the table as our clients. And we will give you a free uh, portfolio review. Most money managers will do that happily, and so will we. Now, difference is, is we won't try to give you, try to sell you something. We won't try to push you in one way or another. We won't even try to push you to be our client necessarily. That's up to you. We'll just tell you what we can do if you want us to do. So it's up to you. So there's no obligation whatsoever. Remember, we just want, I know for myself and for Justin, we just want to help if we can. We want to educate you. And there is a method to our madness, by the way. Don't think I have no alternative motive. I have an alternative motive. I want to educate you because I want to show you how difficult this can be and how much time it can take. Now, you can keep it simple, but it still takes time. And you may not have that time. Well, that's why you would hire us. Okay, let's swing back to another Talk Voice Bank question from a listener in New York. Hello, this is Duncan from New York. I have a two-part question, but the second part, I'll just give another phone call. It is about the cannabis sector. I think when we are all watching the news, Congress passed an act about legalizing marijuana. And my first question that has just two parts, could you just describe how soon, like, the sectors that are approved by the government kind of start getting into the stock market. I know there's a lot that goes into it, but I'm planning on kind of like just putting a little bit of cash into some cannabis stocks. Um, just wondering how the whole situation plays out. Um, looking forward to hearing the answer on the podcast and have a great day. Bye. Well, for cannabis, uh, you know, various states have legalized it in California, Colorado, I don't know, a number of states. At the same time, it's illegal from the federal level, and I think we all know that's probably going to change. That seems like that's the path that is taken. 
So even though you can sell cannabis on the state level, the federal government can come in and shut you down. And I don't know what the laws are, but your question was, when should you start thinking about getting into it based on what the government's doing? And, you know, that's already been many people have already invested in this area and they've driven the prices up and they've come down and back up. So it's already a viable asset on the stock exchange. Okay, but you still have that uncertainty from the federal government about, you know, cannabis and marijuana. There is legal cannabis out there that, you know, right now, federally legal, um, medical reasons or medical purposes, that kind of thing. So anyways, you know, you can you can buy it now. I mean, it's already in. There's lots of them. I just I think I asked her answered a cannabis question yesterday about a stock. So. Of course, in other countries, it is totally legal. So it depends depends on where you, where where they are located. Okay, I think I can fit one more question before the break. Let's play it now. Hey, good afternoon. My name is Jason. I'm a brand new to the market. I really enjoyed your guys' podcast. Looking at a bunch of small cap stocks, just with the amount of funds I have to invest in. Looking at stock ticker symbol ATER for Ethereum. Wondering what your thoughts are on it. I appreciate your help. Thank you, guys. Okay, just so you know, it doesn't matter how small or big you are, you don't vest because they're not, I have a little bit of money, so i got to buy a cheap price stock. And that's what Alturian is, $5.53. I would not buy it. It does not make money. operates at technology-powered consumer products across eco-commerce. I think we talked about this one already. Um, uh, there's nothing wrong with the company other than it doesn't make money, and I have a rule. Don't buy companies that don't make money. If you have a small amount... Buy an ETF, buy an index ETF, buy, you know, sector ETF. Um, you know, you got to have a certain amount of money to buy stocks, but the price of the stock does not control what you buy. Okay, is you cannot let it control what you buy because then you limit yourself. You can buy penny stocks all day long, and then you'll lose all your money. Don't do that. If you if you have a very limited amount of money, go into an index fund. Go into an ETF that tracks sectors or whatever. But don't let the price of the stock determine what you're going to invest in. That has nothing to do with it. Okay? Finally, um, the jobless claims were 185000 this uh, this last week. Um, it's a little bit up. Retail sales up a half a percent, about, about in line. But if you take out autos, it's up 1.1% which was what's matter, much better. And inventory, business inventory went up to 1.5%. That's pretty healthy. It was at 1.3 before, so it's not like out of line. What these numbers are trying to tell us, or what the numbers are telling us, is the economy is still doing pretty well. We are dealing with inflation. But, you know, I, the, for the month of March, I'm pretty sure... Let me rephrase it. For the month of April, when we finally get inflation numbers, I'm pretty sure you're going to see it fall, inflation numbers. Okay? This is the Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve the financial freedom. That's our goal. So, you can get your questions into us anytime you want, even after the show. Everybody, tomorrow's a holiday, just to let you know. Uh, so, have a great holiday. And thank you for listening. We'll see you on the other side. 
No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Good morning, Steve and Justin. My name is Sean from Anaheim. I just want to say you guys' show is uh, really helpful. I appreciate your help. I have a question about stock splits and general idea. Is it a good idea to purchase companies that are going into stock splits that are already on my watch list, something like Shopify or Amazon and Google? Because as I understand, the general trend is that stocks also often spike after the split, shortly thereafter. So if I'm already interested in the stock and I've kind of been following it, looking for a good entry point, and I just want to kind of find out for the for some of the stocks, if it's a good choice, I guess, to buy them with the intent maybe of unloading them after a bump in a stock split, um, maybe keeping half and then unloading the other half. All right, thank you for your help. Well, it's very difficult to know. Remember, split, to split means absolutely nothing as far as valuations or benefit to the company other than lowering the price, a normal stock split, lowering the price to attract more investors. So if you're already wanting to buy a company and you're going to look for a place to buy it, I'd probably buy it before the split. But that's not a reason to buy it. It is not. And by the way, I owe you an apology. I'm talking about all the cannabis stocks made me lose my mind there. I thought it was into the show and we still have one more segment to go. So I apologize for that. We have time for one more question. Uh, and for the podcast, this came in earlier from Hayward, California. Yeah, hi, Steve. Uh, this is Nick Cotri in uh, Hayward. Uh, I just want to ask you if uh, NVIDIA would be a good buy here. NVDA, I would appreciate your uh, answer, and I thank you very much, and it's a great show. I enjoy your show a lot, and uh, thanks again. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, I think you're on, I think you're a little late to the party here. It had a huge run up in the last couple of years. Uh, got up to over three hundred dollars. Now it's at two hundred twelve. So it kind of looks like, oh, this might be a good place to get it. And technically, this would be a place where you could buy it because it's fallen to this level a couple of times and bounced up. But it makes me nervous that it keeps falling to this level. <laughs> so one of these days, it's going to bounce through, keep going down. Uh, they're going to make $6.70 a year next year. That's the estimate. It's 18% higher than this year, 567, which was 28% higher than last year. And sales growth is still very strong. Um, return equity is very good at 52%. So there's no good reason mutual funds are buying it not to buy the stock other than it's had a great run already. But remember, it's $212 a share right now, and it's only going to make $6.70. That means it's, what, a 50, 60 P.E.? That's pretty high. Pretty high even its own range, 19 to 78 in the last five years. So I th I think uh, it has to come down for me. It has to come down pretty strong, maybe to the 120 to 130 area. I'd be much more prone to want to own it at that level. Okay, NVIDIA, everybody, NVDA, designs graphic processor units used in personal computers, workstations, game consoles, and mobile devices. Great company, really is. $533 billion company. 
I mean, I know that when we do this show, we throw all these numbers of hundreds of billions of dollars value on a company, just roll off the tongue. But, but you know, they're blowing me away. I mean, my day, and of course, now I'm aging myself. Back when I first started investing, this was in the this late 70s, early 80s. If it was a $10 billion company, that was huge. That was huge. Now we're approaching trillion. Oh, okay. Apple. Apple was at one, uh, uh, $2.6 trillion. I mean, trillions. That's amazing. Bigger than most countries in the world. Apple's bigger than most countries of the world. When you look, compare their GDP to the market cap of Apple, Apple's bigger than most countries in this world. I'm Steve Pease, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family member about our free podcast downloads. We appreciate that. Tomorrow, April 15th, is a market holiday, Good Friday. So we have put together a fresh compilation show, Best of Caller Question podcast. You can look for that tomorrow. Get your downloads anytime, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And please, if you do, get it downloaded from iTunes. We would like you to rate us. You know, um, a positive rating raises our profile. We love that. So thank you very much for doing that. Independent thinking and shared success. This is Invest Talk, everybody. Have a great night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.